Hi, I'm Debbie George Agnes. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Trump to fire Fauci, Corona destroying America first, Corona tyranny spreads from churches to Home Depot, and the virus and reopening America. And I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. There has been a month now at least that America has been caught in the grip of the coronavirus and on endless debate about how to handle the coronavirus, how to address uh, the, the threat to America, the challenge to our healthcare system. But today on Deep Dive Monday, I want to talk about the broader big picture again with respect to how we handle coronavirus and how we move America past it. Many people noticed that last night, President Donald Trump retweeted a tweet which had essentially argued that President Trump should fire Fauci. Fire, and obviously most of you know Anthony Fauci's name. He is the uh, the top medical advisor for President Trump dealing with the coronavirus. And it's his advice that has been the basis for the guidelines that President Trump has issued that essentially call for the... Um, call for America to uh, engage in the social distancing. And even though the federal government can't order these um, measures to be taken because of the advice given uh, from Washington, the guidelines, states, uh, governors, counties, elected officials of all kinds around the country have put in place what we are now observing, the very draconian shelter in place, stay home, only essential businesses open, which have resulted in America, simply our economy brought to a standstill. I really want to urge you to think about the idea of analogizing Dr. Fauci to the idea of a president firing a general or other military leader in the middle of a conflict. And the reason I mention this is there has been a growing awareness among conservatives in this country that the issue about Dr. Fauci is not really just about you know, whether he's on Trump's side or what he has different political affiliations than maybe the president has. And, he, and certainly Dr. Fauci has affiliations uh, with the um, more leftist mindset of Bill Gates and others who push a very international agenda, uh, getting pushing vaccinations, um, getting close to being mandatory, at least extremely a lot of pressure um, on countries and individuals to, to uh, get vaccines. But I want to get the idea that you have to be, if you are in part of the Trump administration, you're trying to help the Trump, you're on the Trump team, there is a, it's a very legitimate thought on the part of President Trump that he wants advisors who, even in the realm of the medical realm, dealing with the coronavirus, advisors who are on the same page as he is, about what kind of country you want, what what does uh, what in America constitutes freedom, what is the right way to approach the the coronavirus crisis? So far, because of the advice of Dr. Fauci, from the beginning of the time we became aware of this virus, we have been getting advice that basically said we have to freeze it in place. The best answer is keep everybody home, 
only essential people at the front door and that that is the way to, that is the best way to handle the coronavirus. This is the advice with respect to the idea of how do we contain it? How do we prevent it from spreading? But more and more elected officials are beginning to comment and more medical experts are beginning to comment that that wasn't the only way we could have handled it and that handling it that way has terrific and catastrophic impact on America and that we need to be open to other ways to handle this. And so I think in the, the analogy to the general, you know, um, there is a great piece up at our website, americacanwetalk.org. Again, americacanwetalk.org, talking about the idea that even in the middle of major conflicts, sometimes you have to fire a general. So we had President Lincoln firing General McClellan uh, simply because not on the same page, not of the same mindset, not helping us move down uh, to the um, to where we want to be in, in, in that civil war. There is a notion that President Trump could fire Dr. Fauci or at least diminish his role in advising the country how to move forward on, with respect to coronavirus because Fauci is not on the same team as the America First thinking is. And he's not on the same team about the, about the idea that it's extremely important to have the American people engaged and as active as they can be in our country, working, going to their jobs. Dr. Fauci seems to have no consideration at all for the economic impact of the policies he has advised the president to follow to deal with coronavirus. So. It's basically the idea of the president, President Trump, needing to appoint new generals. And that's the name of the piece at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Mr. President, if this is a war, which it is, uh, we must appoint new generals. Appoint new generals. Put other people in charge. A couple of things about Dr. Fauci. We talked about him before in the show. You, you, can be doc, you can be President Trump and and not be diminishing, not be denigrating Dr. Fauci's medical credentials. Clearly, he is a doctor. He is an experienced doctor. He has knowledge. He has years of experience assessing and analyzing plagues and infectious diseases and how they spread. To fire him does not mean that, doc, that, that President Trump would be concluding that he doesn't know anything about infectious diseases. It could be a recognition that Fauci's agenda is more tied up with the very uh, more left-wing mindset that has the idea the best answer to anything is for the government to do the most it can do and take control of a situation and diminish people's freedom. And that diminishment of freedom is always justified because after all, we're just trying to help. So I urge you to read that piece of the website and really think about, even if you're kind of questioning and doubting whether or not President Trump should go forward in letting uh, and moving Dr. Fauci out of his position, or uh, the other alternative is at least moving other people into the into positions where they have equal or more say as um, Dr. Fauci has. I'm going to get to the end of this uh, show today. We're going to talk about some of the things President Trump is considering. But among the reasons that can cause people to uh, be very, very concerned about Dr. Fauci, in addition to the fact that he has uh, clearly been affiliated, very now widely known, we've talked 
talked about in the show before, widely known, affiliated with the Bill Gates International Mandated Vaccine Project, the notion to vaccinate the entire world to everything possible that they could uh, be vaccinated for, which, uh, you know, is a, you're entitled to have an opinion as a physician, but it doesn't make you right in terms of policy and, and right um right values that you should hold in place when you are in a position of governing. You also have Dr. Fauci, uh, reasons to critique his uh, performance. He has drastically downgraded the number of um, likely deaths to flow from the coronavirus. Now, he says he, he looked at data. What are you going to do? Data changes, facts change. The fact is we made an extreme reaction in this country an extremely repressive policy put in place uh, with respect to how we handle the coronavirus and stop its spread based on predictions that we could lose, you know, 2.5 million Americans or, or more. And so that's a different thing. Now we're down to maybe 60,000. Dr. Fauci is acknowledging that. He's also, Dr. Fauci has acknowledged, he has had a wide range of statements that are kind of alarming about what he views as the future of freedom in this country. He has said at one point, you know, we're probably never going to be normal again. There's going to be a new normal, which I don't know that, that this is an extreme thing to say. A country's going to change in massive and, 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 uh, you know, new direction ways over a virus has been present on, or at least has been in our awareness in America for a couple of months or three months. Uh, Dr. Fauci is now saying he predicts a, a relative, there could be a, a relative degree of normality by November, by November of this year. Um, he also then he said, but we may never get back to normal. Um, and so he's also saying maybe we shouldn't shake hands like any moral. That'll be something that ends. Um, he also talked about the idea that maybe um, he... Fauci was open to the idea of having vaccination ID cards, that that idea was actively being explored, basically with the idea that if people want to be free, people want to be free to move around under the kind of Fauci left-wing big government control mindset, there may be in place in our country a vaccine program where you have to carry your card around to prove that you are actually uh, up to date on whatever vaccines the government says you have to have. And you might say, well, we kind of have that now with kids. I mean, when kids enroll, enroll in school, for the most part, you have to produce a vaccine record or you have to produce a card showing you're, you're exempted from the vaccine requirements. But this is talking about everyone, not just children. This is talking about adults. And this is the beginning of a very uh, alarming uh, left-wing mindset that so many people are alarmed about, about Dr. Fauci, the idea that it's simply okay with America to have the medical the most extreme possible policy reaction to the threat of coronavirus become the norm in this country and to drive policy for the rest of time. President Trump is right to be saying, you know, as at this moment, he has simply retweeted that uh, a tweet suggesting he fire Fauci. But the notion he's under, he's very seriously considering the notion that Dr. Fauci just isn't on the same page as the America First agenda, isn't on the same page with President Trump, is a very realistic, accurate, understandable assessment by President Trump. It doesn't mean that he is putting uh, you know, personal policy ahead of medical policy. There is, as we're going to touch on in the next segment, there is a growing recognition that actually people's mindset, the way you would move forward in policies, your related to healthcare, 
is also tied into and related to how you see the role of government and what dictates government's role in your life. And that, my friends, is today's first five. What I want to hit on today, I call this a Corona destroying America first. And I really want to, you know, I'm just going to touch on some quick numbers because it's almost amazing. I, you know, I look back at our family calendar. Uh, my husband and I were out and at a conference in the end of February. In fact, I mentioned this conference in the recent interview in the show with Steve Moore, uh, the economist, who I think is on last week or the week before uh, on this show. But we were out uh, at this conference in the end of February. Steve Moore spoke. And honestly, it was a conference of conservatives. And the, the atmosphere at the end of February was still just, you know, upbeat and positive. America's going so well. The economy's great. We have people working. We have jobs being created. We have unemployment numbers as low as they've ever been. And the notion that when people are feeling self-reliant, feeling confident in the economy, feeling upbeat, people tend to be happy and they're going to want to continue to vote for the policies that got them there. You know, the shorthand way of saying that in politics is, you know, people vote their wallet, they vote their pocketbook. When they can see the economy is going well, people are willing to vote for the policies that got them there, almost regardless of whether they could articulate those policies in, you know, free market versus socialist versus communist, whatever else. The notion simply is that people vote for policies that work in their lives. At the end of February, so we're talking six weeks ago, the country was just upbeat about where we are as a country. Here we are now, we're in April, and we are looking at, we're just past the middle of April, we are looking at in this country, the absolute collapse of the economy. We're looking at unemployment applications, uh, just skyrocketing skyrocketing. We're looking at unemployment numbers. Uh, I don't even have, I do have some numbers in front of me, but uh, I want to hit more on, on the, um, on kind of the political, the connection between the political views and how you view coronavirus and, and healthcare generally. But unemployment numbers are obviously rising. You know, we have more unemployment filings than I don't even know how long. Um, and uh, I, I, well, I do want to mention those because this is a, uh, here's just one good example, 6.65 million filed for unemployment in the week ending April 2nd. So still, we're two weeks after that now. So 6.5 million filed. We have unemployment numbers that um, just are, are staggering, especially when you compare them with just a few short weeks ago. So the America First agenda, the President Trump agenda, was not simply a, as the left always tried to depict it, kind of a shallow, mindless, rah-rah America agenda. It was a very specific agenda tied to restoring America's free, free market, entrepreneurial, self-reliant, capitalist economy, which would create jobs, which it did. Companies came back to America, new jobs were created, and, and new jobs are created, and companies are built. They are started, and they, are, they grow because of confidence. That's where we were six weeks ago. Now we have uh, just absolute uh, you know, concern, depression, um, and, and you know, just, just a really uh, a collapse of all of that, all of what we all thought was so, so great just a few short weeks ago. But I want to tie in something and, and talk to you about this idea about the economic numbers are bad right now. And many predict they'll get worse, that we're going to continue. You know, people are out of work. And now we are, at least where I live in the great state of Texas, through April 30th, we are under a shelter-in-place order. Businesses cannot be open. 
except essential businesses, but non-essential businesses, which is a very dicey definition, a very subjective definition, are closed. So people have no work. So people can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't buy food. And so they're going on food stamps and they're going on unemployment. And so those numbers which are terrible, are tied to fear about coronavirus. And, and also, they're tied to loss of jobs, but they're also tied to how people think about the coronavirus and how, how people think about what the future is likely to hold. So I wanna share some extremely interesting uh, stories that relate to how people think about the virus and about the, um, um, you know, the, uh, the possibility of us getting past this and moving on. Uh, one is that there was a poll about what people, how likely people were to be fearful about the coronavirus. I'm going to tell you, if you listen to my show very often, you probably already know a little bit of the answer. But the poll showed that Democrats are for far, far more afraid of the coronavirus than Republicans are. Now you could, if you're, you know, not particularly attuned, you might think, well, that's irrational. Why would someone, because of their political party, have a different view about a, you know, a health scare? Why? In part, the answer is because people are starting to recognize that there are too many signs, too many uh, steps along the way in the, in the way America has handled the coronavirus that have led to the massive destruction of our economy that feel a little bit too familiar. People are recognizing that the mainstream media, which is really the radical left-wing media, the Democrat media mob, has used the coronavirus to attack President Trump, to assign to him all sorts of blame for things which are not his fault, trying to use the coronavirus, the policy we follow, the steps we took, whatever it is America does, whatever is said at every press conference, People is, are used as a way to attack President Trump, to paint him as illegitimate, incompetent, insensitive, unthoughtful. And so I think that among conservatives, people who watched, who watched the Trump uh, just, you know, witch hunt happen inside the FBI and DOJ, the uh, Mueller investigation into the non-existent Trump-Russia collusion. People watched that and they realized, man, these are actually people at the height of power in Washington. These are people inside the Department of Justice and the FBI who used a hoax, a completely cooked up lie to launch America into two and a half or three year investigation of the Trump campaign, trying to concoct a non-existent collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. So people watched that, Americans watched that and said, you know what? Those people were just out to get President Trump. They realized at some point, long before Mueller finally had to bring his report out and say, as a matter of fact, there's absolutely no evidence, despite millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of, of, of um, I mean, yeah, millions of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of hours of investigation, depositions, statements, everything they did to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and found nothing. And a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans realized, you know, th that whole thing was a setup. The entire Trump, Mueller, Russia, Trump collusion was a setup, a lie, a lie. So they figured that out. 
And they're realizing the American people are onto this. These people, they're not just the radical left that you know wants a socialist or a communist country. These are people allegedly in mainstream positions in our country, running the Department of Justice, the highest levels of the FBI, working nonstop to destroy a political enemy. And then the American people watched as the next round of the coup against President Trump which was the uh, effort to remove him from office, the impeachment effort, also based on a complete farce. A complete farce. As America watched and read all that Democrat presidential, now candidate apparently, Joe Biden, actually did in the Ukraine, actually said on tape, and we play it in the show you know, probably five times, admitted doing what the Democrats in the Congress cooked up and pretended that Trump did, and the Democrat majority in the House voted to impeach the president, and, and that went over the Senate, and it was exposed to the light of day, and America saw again. This is the radical left. They just want to get Trump. They just want to destroy him. So then you had the Americans now saying, wow, we had the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, and then we had the impeachment effort, the second effort to get rid of this guy over nothing, over false claims, and now they're watching the coronavirus. It's spread. Everybody, to be really clear, people use the expression that coronavirus is a hoax. That is not true. There is a coronavirus. It is an awful thing. People suffer. People die. We will get to the bottom eventually, our country will, of how it came about and when it came about in China, whether it was intentionally released, how long the Chinese communists lied about it, all those facts. But right now here in America, we're all watching that the emergency procedures we put in place in this country to deal with it have shut down our economy. The, again, the same players, the Democrat media mob, the same people attacking Trump for the tr non, the fake, the farce uh, Russia collusion hoax, and then the impeachment uh, just just debacle of a of a concoction by the left. And the same players are now trying to say, look, it's coronavirus. And now this is the problem. This is the thing that, that uh, Trump did wrong. And this is the reason you should hate him. And this is the reason. This explains the difference in the polling between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans, no one likes the virus. No one, no one wants it to be inflicted on anyone on the whole planet Earth. The virus is not a hoax. But the way the Democrat media mob in this country are responding to the virus, the way they're reporting on the virus, the policies they're pushing to remain in place as to, and to respond to the virus, they are the hoax. They are the reason that Republicans are polling to say, you know what, I just don't see it. I, I just, I, I'm not that afraid. I mean, I don't want to get sick, but I'm not this COVID-19 thing. And they're starting to see data points, one data point. Um, in fact, I will, I'll tell you, Democrats are twice as likely as Republicans to see the coronavirus as an imminent threat. Twice as likely, if you're a Democrat, to see it as an imminent threat. Republicans, I mean, as I say, no one likes it. No one wants to get it. No one wants anyone else to get it. But no, but, but more Republicans are savvy enough to begin to put the policy response, the healthcare policy response to coronavirus in the same category they put in the, as the way they now look at the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and the impeachment farce. Another thing that came, data point that came out very relevant to this whole discussion is that the CDC has been pressed and pressed and pressed to say, 
what percentage is it of Americans who are in the hospital with COVID-19? So these are people who, you know, they come in touch with the virus, they've developed COVID-19. What percentage of those people had seriously serious underlying conditions that made them susceptible or vulnerable? Do you want to guess a percentage? If I were speaking in person, I'd say, you know, who guess the percentage? 90%. CDC is acknowledging 90% of the people suffering from the virus are people who already had serious underlying conditions. We're having temporary, uh, temporarily constructed hospitals that were built in, in response to this anticipated just avalanche of people suffering from the uh, coronavirus. The idea, by the way, very quickly was that because the, the numbers were so large that hospitals were supposedly going to be dealing with with COVID-19, that there was a need to build extra hospitals, these kind of temporary hospitals, a Washington state field hospital, another one, St. John the Divine, uh, was, um, was also built. Both of them are closing after having had no patients, zero. The idea was the hospitals would be so overrun with COVID-19 that the jurisdictions in, my, in place would have to move non-coronavirus patients somewhere safe to get them away from all of the uh, really, really dangerous um, you know, COVID-19 patients. But there were so few that they didn't need to do that. I want to tell you something else in the scaremongering by the American left about this virus. And again, people. I know the virus is real. I know it hurts people. I'm telling you, the response America has engaged in is a set play to take down Donald Trump and to undermine the Trump presidency, conservatism, and not just that, but to undermine the entire rejuvenation of the American economy, the entire explosion of energy in the American economy that resulted from Donald Trump's policies. I do want to show you one graph, and I will tell you that uh, doing this show uh, remotely from home, I want to again say thank you to Real News PR, Real News Communication Networks, Matt Stoker, the amazingly wonderful producer, but I sent him one um uh, it was actually a tweet, and I want to show you the numbers because part of what this responds to is you're hearing the left saying, well, the U.S. is doing a terrible job, terrible job. We have more deaths here. Let me show you what this tweet is telling you. This is information from Johns Hopkins University uh, Coronavirus Resource Center. Understand how important this is. This is putting the lie to the left's claim that America is performing terribly in response to the coronavirus. Because they keep saying America has the most deaths, the most injuries, the most infected, blah, blah. Okay, let's do an actual, as they say, apples to apples. U.S. population, essentially 328 million. To get to that total population, you have to combine numerous European countries. France, Germany, Italy, U.K., and Spain. All together, those five countries, all together, only come up to 324 million. So those five countries in Europe have a total population still slightly less than the U.S. population, but closer in, in numbers. So the U.S. population, coronavirus cases, we have had five in our country 526,000, essentially. Those five countries together, 650,000. So the first lie being exposed by this is that the U.S. does not have more cases than our European brethren. But even more importantly, look at the number of deaths when you compare apples to apples, coronavirus deaths in the U.S., 20,463. Those five countries together, 62,000, nearly three times as many deaths 
and over three times as many deaths as we've had in the U.S. I don't wish, to close out this segment, I want to make clear again, I do not wish the coronavirus on any person in any country in this world. I wish that we could get to a wonderful, clear healthcare resolution in this country that would remove the threat, that would bring about healing, bring about recovery. We may be on that path in exploring more about hydroxychloroquine and other things uh, and other other things that's combined with. Um, and we're going to find out about that on Wednesday in the show. We're going to have uh, Dr. Robin Armstrong joining us, uh, who is a uh, Texas doctor who was ridiculed for uh, using hydroxychloroquine on his patients in a senior center. Turns out he had fabulous results. But back to my point in this, the media and the leftists in this country are throwing out lie after lie after lie after lie to the American people with the goal of undermining President Trump, of undermining the whole, it's not just President Trump, it's the whole renewal of America that was happening, it is happening under President Trump's leadership. And he is about, I think, I don't know yet, we'll find out this week, about to fire Dr. Fauci or at the very least bring in other people to give a more balanced input to his policymaking, decision-making um, authority as he moves forward and uh, trying to handle with the coronavirus. But uh, to wrap up this segment, I, I called this segment this idea of corona coronavirus is destroying America first. What is happening is this virus and the policy choices made pretty much at the dictates of Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. The other one, we didn't mention her, about her much today, but we've talked about her in other shows. The policies that we have made have largely flowed from the numbers that they provided to the president, numbers out and, and from other groups too, we've talked about too, many other groups involved in coming up with completely inaccurate models, but we've had the policy dictates that have shut down this economy, that have damaged so many Americans. Those policies all came about because of the input of the Fauci's of the world, the Burks's of the world, who also have a political agenda. Americans, are waking up from that political agenda and realizing we actually don't want to participate in their effort to destroy the American economy. We want to listen to other voices of reason. We want to listen to other experts beside two people who are in bed with and intertangled with the Bill Gates vaccinate the world, kind of more globalist mindset thought about how we handle health in this world. It's important to recognize that the reason Republicans are far less frightened about coronavirus is because more people are waking up to the way the virus policy was put in place or the players behind the policy are driven by worldviews, mindsets, whatever you want to call it, that are anti-American and unsupportive of the whole America first agenda that was bringing our economy back. Well, I want to hit uh, two other quick topics today. I call this one Corona tyranny, and I'm going to guess you read these stories. I, I almost, either, you know, it feels a little bit almost redundant, but, you know, I talk, this is Corona tyranny and the kind of way that we're, uh, we're having tyranny spread in this country uh, from churches to Home Depot. I'll just throw out some examples, and I want to make clear why I'm telling you these. These are not just, they're good to understand, good to, you know, understand how we are managing to make tyrannical policy based on the coronavirus threat to America. 
but their underlying things are really, really important to understand. Some people are involved in politics because they are servant leaders. They want to come and serve the interests of the American people, and they want to serve and protect the values upon which America was founded. They want to preserve individual liberty. They want to be part of government to be one of the guardians in this era of the very values that were put in place at the founding of our country. There are people who serve in government like that, many, mostly Republicans. There are people who get into politics because they want to be in charge, because they want to dictate, because they want to get to control people and control their movements and their lives. These people are leftists. This is why leftists get into power. They think their policies, their ideas, their, their political values, everything they believe in simply must be forced on people because the people otherwise might not put up with them. These are leftists and their whole thinking about why they're involved in government to start with is completely different from the servant leadership, the servant of the people, and the servant of the values of America. And you're seeing that coming out. I've been using the expression, the inner tyrant of some leftist people leaders is coming out. Those things happened over this past weekend. It happened to be Easter weekend. But some of these things happen. I'll just run by them very, very quickly. In the state of Mississippi, because we have social distancing in place, the, the, the edict of social distancing, people who attend a church sitting in their cars. So you're in your car, your windows are closed, the next car you know, has to be whatever, three or four, five, six feet away, probably more than that. They were fined $500 each for, for going to church, staying in their car in Mississippi, attending Easter service. You had uh, you had a big case out of Kentucky, same kind of edict, this notion that um, we're going to shut people down. Uh, they're going to, the Kentucky governor announced they're going to record license plates of church attendees who dared to attend church um, in opposition to a mandatory quarantine. There was actually a wonderful decision out of the state of Kentucky, the, uh, a judge ordered uh, against a Louisville, Kentucky mayor who had said about drive-in services, you can't even go to drive-in services. Understand, people put these drive-in services in place to try to honor the quarantine orders of, of their state or their city or their county, but at the same time to honor their belief in Easter Christianity and the importance of worshiping on Easter. So you had this, it was a great order. In fact, I'm going to dig out and read to you. I didn't have it ready for today, but read to you some of the amazingly brilliant thinking and strong language used uh, by this judge, uh, U.S. District Court Judge Justin Walker, who granted the temporary restraining order preventing a Louisville, Kentucky mayor, Greg Fisher, from blocking a church from holding drive-in services. Now ask yourself, I talk about inner tyrant. If the people are sitting in their cars they're not breathing on each other. These are people who are from the same household. They're, they got in their car where they live at their house together. They got in their car. They went to drive-in service, but they were going to be fined and punished by a mayor. This is what I'm talking about, the inner tyrant. In the state of Michigan, that governor completely out of control. She is doing things like ordering people in the state of Michigan if you live in, you obviously can still be in your own home. She's not trying to say, you know, social distancing inside your house. But if you get in your car from your own home and drive in your car in the state of Michigan from your home 
over to your lake house, which many people in Michigan have, I guess, a place at the lake. And so they're from one home they own to the next home they own, going nowhere in between, not picking up passengers. They're not coming into touch with anyone. She's disallowed that. She's issued an order, no visiting your lake house. She shut down Home Depot, telling Home Depot, you can be open for what she and, and her worldly emperor wisdom has decided are essential purchases, but told Home Depot they have to block off access to like, you know, paint, who are people be painting their house during this time, they're home for four weeks with nothing else to do. This, I'm telling you people, it's a different, this is not just policy disputes. These are deep-seated differences and what you think the role of government is, why you became somebody in government. When you are that, that governor in Michigan, when you're that mayor in Louisville, Kentucky, you think that your job is to rule the subjects instead of serve the people and the principles of liberty. These are a, a, you know 180 degree opposite, cannot be squared worldviews that people have in mind. And so I tell you, this is this opportunity we all have as American patriots to watch what those in power are doing and point out when what they're doing really makes clear that they don't have in mind the mission, the idea of freedom in America that was the founding basis of our country. They have in mind, I've got authority and dang it, I'm going to use it because I can. We have examples all over the country. Last Thursday, I gave a variety of examples of people uh, on this show, I gave a variety of examples of people who were just hassled by local officials who simply have the authority and could use it. And so they did. And I will say a little caveat here, I do recognize that there are some people deeply, deeply afraid about coronavirus who don't have it, but they're deeply afraid about it. And I, I will say to anyone, whether it's because you're senior, because you have underlying health conditions, whatever your reason is, I do not begrudge the right or even mock or criticize the right of an individual citizen to say, I want to stay home. I might stay home for the next year. I might never go to church again. I might never go out to the grocery store again. Individually, you have that freedom. The whole difference is, are you as a free citizen choosing that or are you being forced by a government that is taking advantage of a situation to expand its power? Last quick story for today. I talked virus and reopening America. I just want to mention, um, as we uh, always run out of time on this show, it happens every day, but um, I do want to mention there is more and more movement among the American people and among elected officials to say, we have to start, we have to start encouraging and letting people go back to work. In the great state of Texas, uh, which I'm blessed to live in, Governor Abbott, our governor, you know, he is now um, planning an executive order for guidelines to reopen Texas businesses. That was his one announcement. We also had a commission appointed by our lieutenant governor in Texas saying, help us figure out how to go back to work. Meaning, you know, we have to comply, we have to be careful, we have to protect the vulnerable, but at the same time, we have to get our economy going again. So that spirit is emerging in Texas. We had that, um, you know, we, we had that coming. And then we had, um, President Trump had actually put out a, um, a statement, I think it was actually this morning, uh, basically saying that the reopening of the country has to be based on things coming out of Washington. I'm not sure 
what Trump is getting at, so we'll find that out, I think. But I think President Trump um, is probably a little bit leery of any kinds of things he says that cause governors to think or to read into it and say, oh, wow, okay, guidelines drop, let's rock and roll and and do things that maybe aren't yet justified or, or, or um, that is perhaps too dangerous in our present condition. So President Trump is a little bit trying to say, let's let us let the guideline adjustment start here in Washington. But even as to that note, uh, President Trump has uh, has announced that he is going to have a, um, a another, uh, he's put like a second um, committee in place on coronavirus and their job is, and it includes Mark Meadows, which is wonderful, who is now his chief of staff, former congressman, is a brilliant congressman. Uh, it involves him and um, Mnuchin, some other stellar players, basically saying they're going to advise Trump about how to get the economy back rolling, how to get us going. So there is a lot of move toward that. I do want to mention, uh, close the show by telling you, you know, I've mentioned other experts. I've mentioned on the show numerous times, uh, experts from, the, from Yale, uh, talking about people who are experts in infectious diseases and and uh, handling uh, massive pandemics like we're in right now. Dr. Katz of Yale, I've mentioned two people from Stanford, uh, and many other experts have been saying that the policy choice we made in this country to freeze the entire economy, to freeze every healthy person in place was never justified, was, was too much, that we should have instead focused our policy on protecting the vulnerable and letting healthy, free people work if they want to work, letting them, letting the economy keep moving. Well, there's a new piece I want to share with you because it's not just a small handful of radical, uh, you know, or just kind of a nonconformist doctors who are saying these things. More doctors are speaking up. And I want to urge you to read this piece. It's up at our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop-down list of links. The article is entitled, Eight Reasons to End the Lockdown as Soon as Possible. And these are signed on by a bunch of doctors experts in their fields, not just, you know, not just random people in the street corner, uh, but eight people, uh, eight doctors, and they talk about, they gave eight reasons, these doctors gave eight reasons why we need to end the lockdowns as soon as possible. One is they're showing all the data shows we have already flattened the curve. This whole notion we had to do this to flatten the curve, we've already done it, the data are clear. Uh, another one they say is, um, they, they say social distancing is only helpful way at the beginning of the beginning of a pandemic, not at this point, not helping anything now. Um, they also talk about economic collapse and unemployment are destroying families. They're talking about the data that so many others have been saying, you can't have a country like we had in the Great Depression with millions unemployed, fearful, can't pay their bills, can't feed their family, can't take care of themselves, that that is actually leading to health problems all by itself. They're also talking about the, the way they phrase it is, we have not saturated the healthcare system, but flip to say it the other way, they're pointing out that we told in most states or many states told people no elective surgery, you know, nothing except because we're gonna have the entire system overtaken by COVID-19, but it didn't happen. So doctors, as I mentioned, I think last Thursday, doctors and hospitals have been laying off employees because there's nothing to do at, at a vast majority of our hospitals. We have some hot centers, we have some big problem areas, New York, other places. We have to make sure we get them everything they need. 
but we're depriving average Americans of the use of the healthcare system for things that weren't essential, but you know, they sure did actually want to have their painful knee replaced. And they really didn't want to have all sorts of other uh, surgery done and they didn't do it. And so our hospitals are, their term is not saturated, but basically there, there isn't enough to do in the hospitals. We're wasting resources. They're also talking about actual fear of suicide, killing as many people as COVID-19 this year will do. Suicide alone, doctors are concerned, will take more lives as, as COVID than COVID-19. They also talk about the great uh, inaccuracies in the data we use. Mortality rate likely was likely overestimated, to say the least. One big point they make, children are at almost no risk at all from coronavirus. So we have schools closed when these kids could be going to school. And to make something else clear, you don't want to you know, expose people for no reason to problematic things. But the idea of shutting school down and some schools actually fearful if they can even start again in the fall. And they're saying, no, kids are not vulnerable to this. They're also talking about, they use the expression PPE, I'm sure you've all seen this, which stands for personal protective equipment. The masks, the gowns, the gloves, the protective uh, you know, glass, wherever the surface is. They're saying that was limited but it's not anymore, it's far more available. Um, and they're also saying the burden the, the burden of proof should shift to people who want to continue the shutdowns. They should have to show clear evidence regarding the benefits of indefinite lockdown versus the other way around, which is what we have been doing. And my friends, I'm sorry friends, I was a little bit loud, sorry about that. So here we are uh, at the end of today's show. I do wanna tell you that I do this show to speak up for America and at this time of the coronavirus, I do it to urge us all to understand we can be compassion, compassionate, we can be loving, we can care about our fellow citizens, we can donate to charities, we can do the things we're supposed to be doing ourselves personally to help stop stem the spread, but we can still do two other things. We can restart the economy and restart many, many facets of America, getting back to work so the American dream, the America first agenda can continue booming. And secondly, and this we must also do, question the policy choices made, the motivation behind the policy choices made. Even if you wanna say at the beginning of this, when we first realized a problem, that you know we had to go to a drastic lockdown of the country, American citizens are allowed to question. You're allowed to ask, and you're not being uncaring. You're not being uh, unsympathetic to people's suffering. You are being compassionate toward the vast majority of Americans who are healthy, who aren't suffering, and very much would benefit from bringing America back again. That, my friends, is my show for today. I'm going to turn very quickly and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. And Matt, the wonderful, I believe, put them up. So number one, we have uh, time to fire Fauci. Anthony Fauci is not God, even though the media treats him that way. He was not appointed emperor of America, never elected by us to anything. There are dozens or hundreds or maybe thousands of excellent qualified doctors who could take Fauci's place or supplement him or outvote him on analysis and remedies. No single doctor should hold sway the way the mainstream media has propped up Fauci to hold sway. Fauci is deeply flawed. He is a bizarre Hillary sycophant. He has no apparent connection with Main Street Americans. He rates American economic catastrophe as inconvenient, his word, in relation to COVID-19 mitigation efforts. Trump is right. 
and courageous to consider firing Fauci. If this is a war, Trump needs generals, just like Lincoln in the Civil War did. And COVID-19 destroying America first. In six weeks, America's gone from record-setting economic strength to the doorstep of depression. Yet, data shows mortality rate is no worse than a bad flu season. Comorbidity, meaning giving attributing multiple reasons or being honest about the, the number of, of losses we've had, were, uh, causes 90% of deaths. That was the data we said earlier. CDC has said 90% of people who are in the hospital with COVID-19 are there who had underlying conditions that, that caused the problem or that contributed to their problems. Emergency field hospitals are being taken down because they have no patients. Polls show decided difference between Democrats and Republican attitudes towards seriousness of COVID-19, CV-19 and mandated vaccination programs. We didn't even get to that one point, but we will another show. The whole shutdown scene looks and feels more and more like a scripted political event, not an honest pandemic. Americans are increasingly suspicious. What is going on? And finally, CV-19 destroying the tyranny spreads from churches to Home Depot. Mississippi churchgoers are fined for attending drive-in services. Michigan governor orders closure of Home Depot gardening and seed planting sections and paint. Kentucky governor threatens Easter worshipers. Every one of these is aggressive, move, aggressive moves has been taken by a Democrat governor. Americans must recognize Democrats have gone full leftist, tyrannical orders because they can. Americans must rise to stop the trampling of freedoms. And my friends on America Can We Talk, I urge you to tune in tomorrow. I believe we have Congressman Jody Heiss joining us, one of the many who has signed on to the letter to President Trump saying it is time to stop the spending, make sure that we're not spending more than we have to, to deal with this crisis. So he will join us, a lot of great points he's going to have. And I wanna thank you for listening to America Can We Talk, which is always here to talk to you every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time. My entire mission is to speak up for the extraordinary, unique greatness, which is America, and the time of coronavirus to urge you to be strong, be clear, and it's okay to question. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you-